What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demlin here with y'all. As always, it is a Tuesday in mid-slash-late April. That means Bracketology. This is the second uh, Bracketology-specific podcast uh, that I've done this season. Started a, a week later this year than usual. Uh, just due to the the fact that we did not have all the facts straight of what the tournament would look like. Um, now that we have that, put my first bracketology post up last week, and just put my uh, well, my second one will be up on lacrossebucket.com uh, by the time this drops. So um, we're gonna get into that uh, for the most uh, for the majority of the show. Uh, but first, I do want to mention a couple midweek games. Again, we're not going to preview these games this week uh, for the midweek like we usually do because we are doing Bracketology. Some of these games, uh, well, <laughs> certainly one of these games, we will talk about um, as it pertains to Bracketology um, here. So uh, on Tuesday, the day that y'all are listening to this at 7 p.m., the Marist Red Foxes are finally back in action after 37 days. 37 days without playing. They're back in action playing Quinnipiac, who um, is, is one of the hottest teams right now. Um, certainly the hottest team in the MAC, I would say. Um, you know, started off 1-1-2 one and, one and two, um, in the season. And they've gone through three straight wins now over Siena, Manhattan, and Canisius. Uh, George Dimitri uh, ha- has been absolutely killing it at the faceoff dot. Uh, has, has gone, you know, over the weekend, 16-12 over Canisius. Uh, he went 71%. Uh, Dimitri George did. Um, so, you know, and, and he's been doing that every single game. Uh, so in the past couple of games has gone above 70%. So, uh, and that's also a, a, a rematch of the 2019 Mac title game uh, there as well. On Wednesday, we have Sacred Heart and Wagner, a battle between two of the lower level uh, NEC teams this season. Friday, we have Canisius and Monmouth. Another Friday night Maction game. Um, but the big midweek contest, as has been all season, is on Thursday on the ACC Network at 7 p.m. And that is Duke hosting Notre Dame. Uh, looking to get some payback on the Blue Devils after falling to the Irish in South Bend uh, just two weeks ago. Uh, the Irish coming off a bye week. Uh, so back-to-back games for them against the Blue Devils. Uh, Going to be an absolute, uh, you know, crucial game for both of these teams as we head into, well, this is, we have two weeks of the season left. So uh, a, a very crucial game here for uh, not only the Irish, but also uh, the Blue Devils. Um, they want to keep this momentum going into May. Uh, so big one on Thursday uh, that certainly you will not want to miss. 
Now, as I mentioned, the majority of this podcast will be bracketology, and that is what we move to right now. So, um, first off, um, this bracketology uh, article will be up on lacrossebucket.com. Tuesday night at midnight is when I have it set to go up. Um, I literally just finished uh, doing the bracket part of it uh, before hitting record here. Um, So we'll do much like we did last week. Um, First off, let's go over projected the automatic qualifiers, and then we'll go over the possible at-large selections. And then I'll go over, um, you know, the uh, my bracket, and then I'll mention some some some, uh, some of the storylines, uh, you know, things that you need to know concerning the bracketology uh, side of the side of things heading into uh, the weekend and into the last two weeks of the regular season. So um, first off, you know, there are um, eight. Well, actually, one, two, three, four, five. Six, yeah, there are eight. Automatic qualifiers this season. Uh, the Ivy League's AQ uh, was you know, kicked out uh, with them not playing, and so they cut the play-in game. So it's just 16 teams, 8 AQs, 8 uh, at-large selections. Right now, uh, the automatic qualifiers. So the way that I do this, so um, – Every team that is on top, that's like ranked number one in the conference, um, that is who is the projected AQ qualifier for that conference right now. Remember, the ACC does not have an automatic qualifier due to them only having five teams. You need six. Uh, they went down to five when Maryland left following the 2015 season. Um so let's get into the projected AQs here. So um, many of these haven't changed since last week. Uh, some have become a little more solidified, um, if you will. Um, in the America East, we have Stony Brook. Uh, so, so, and by the way, all of this is like if the season if the season ended today, and the tournament started today, what would things look like? That that's how I look at it. Um, so, so just a little insight to how I'm looking at it here. Um, and how that's how most people do look at it. So um, all of this is if the season ended right here, right now, what would that 16-team bracket look like? So into the automatic qualifiers. Um, the America East, right now Stony Brook sits atop that conference, 8-3, and 6-1 record um, in conference play. The only conference loss is to UMBC. Uh, and Paul Sunbrook's uh, schedule here uh, real quick. Um, you know, they're coming off a uh, pretty dominant win over Binghamton, 22-8. Uh, to eight. Uh, They're riding a uh, that one, two, three, four, six-game win streak. Um, haven't lost since they lost three in a row, um, including that UMBC game, um, as well as losing to Syracuse. Uh, they play the Retrievers again this weekend, so can get some payback there. Um, and then they end the season at Vermont, um, a big, big America East matchup there. So uh, the Stony Brook Seawolves are 
sitting atop the America East at the moment. Um, and, 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 you know, they were sitting atop there last week as well. Um, well, actually, we had a three-way tie, I believe. Uh, but we have some uh, head-to-head wins now that we can go off of. And, uh, you know, Stony Brook is sitting atop the America East at this moment still. Um, in the Big East, we did have some shakeup over the weekend uh, with Georgetown beating Denver on Saturday. Unbelievable performance from James Riley at the faceoff dot to neutralize T.D. Irwin and Alex Stathakis, uh, the best, arguably the best um, two-headed monster at the faceoff dot, one-two punch, if you will. Um, Riley did a great job of neutralizing them, and Georgetown, to their credit, was able to capitalize. Um, and, and, and they're playing, you know, I know they've had some scares recently, but, you know, you know last week, Saturday, their best game of the season. So uh, they're playing some dang good lacrosse at the moment. Uh, they're sitting atop the conference there. Um, they have an 8-1 conference record. Denver is 7-1. and uh, Denver, they had that game against Villanova uh, postponed. Uh, that one will now be played on April 28th is when that one will be made up. Uh, they just announced that about an hour ago. Um, so uh, Georgetown sitting atop the Big East there, uh, but but that's certainly a conference where a lot can change. Um, it's at the end of the day, it's going to be Georgetown. It's going to be Denver. One of those two um, is likely going to get that AQ. Um, it, it just comes down to who wins that conference tournament. The Big Ten. I, I don't think we need to, um, you know, talk about this much. Uh, Maryland. 9-0, coming off a big win over Ohio State. Um, and by big, I mean they absolutely dominated um, from start to finish. Um, the Terrapins looking like the best team in the country right now. In fact, they are the number one team in the country right now. Um, so, you know, they, they you know, it, it, unless they just completely implode, I don't see any way they don't get this AQ for the Big Ten. The CAA... Delaware is sitting atop that conference. They just survived uh, a game against a overtime game against Hofstra over the weekend to uh, you know bounce back after their first conference loss of the season against Drexel. Um, they do come in to this week. They have a game against a very very hot Towson team, the hottest team in the country right now. They've won three straight. So Delaware. You know, and we know Delaware did lose to Drexel two weeks ago. Coming into this week, uh, you know, if you're Delaware, you know, you cannot overlook this Towson team. You have to be, um, you know, you have to be on your heels this entire game uh, this weekend because this is a Towson team that is hot and they are talented um, and, and they will come in there and they will beat you. Well, uh, Delaware going to Towson, but uh, you know they can beat anybody. They can play with anybody, um, no matter what the record, what the record shows. Uh, even their losses have been one, especially in conference, one goal losses, two goal losses. So, a uh, big one in the CAA coming up this week uh, that could shake up that CAA AQ. Um, and obviously, with all of these, we have conference tournaments that can shake up things as well. Uh, but as far as regular season is concerned, big one this week. Uh, that could move that AQ um, there in the CAA 
from Delaware, possibly uh, to someone else, I think. So we have Drexel, Hofstra, Towson, UMass are that next four, uh, that next group of four there, and then Fairfield sitting last in the conference there. Um, so that's what the CAA is looking like, a crazy athletic conference as I have called it this year because nothing makes sense in that conference at all. <laughs> um, moving to another conference where, you know, it, it, it's very, very tight. Um, and, and, and where the conference, you know, year in and year out is defined by um, the, the razor-thin edge between teams. Um, and that's the MAC. And right now, Marist obviously has not played in 37 days. They will play tomorrow. Um, you know, I don't know if they could – like, they have two games, two, three games left. Like, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I would assume – like, if they don't get enough games in, they, they – you, you can go undefeated. You can't get that top spot. Like, that's just not fair. Um, and, and, and I know it, it, it stinks, but uh, in terms of the MAC tournament, and though all six teams are in this year, um, but you know it's razor thin at the top of that MAC right now. Uh, and, and and Monmouth is sitting there at the top. You know they, you know Quinnipiac is sitting there in second. Um, you no, know, Monmouth has one game left on the season at Canisius this weekend. I, I assume they win that game. And assume they, they lock up that top spot. Um, as I mentioned with Marist, you know, I, I don't know where the heck they're going to put them in the tournament. Uh, do you put them as the fifth seed uh, when we know they're the most talented roster, um, you know, on paper at least? You know, it, it, it's going to be tricky. So, so the MAC right now, Monmouth is at top, but Quinnipiac, I mentioned, is very hot. Uh, Manhattan has some good wins to their resume, as well as Detroit Mercy. Um, and then I mentioned the uh, Marist situation, St. Bonaventure and Siena sitting there at the bottom of the conference, Siena not having won a game. Uh, St. Bonaventure, three and four, having a good third season um, as a program. So the MAC is another one. This The CAA and the MAC are the two conferences that you need to watch for the most as far as uh, movement that could happen in the next few weeks because of how close a lot of these teams are together. Um, and certainly watch those conference tournaments because uh, those are the two conference tournaments where it always seems like something uh, you know, something out of the ordinary uh, happens. I remember a few years ago, I think it was um, – was it UMass that upset Hofstra or the other way around? I know there was an upset with a um, – it was like a half-field goal at the buzzer. Um, to It was either to force overtime or win the game. So in the CAAs, a lot of craziness happens in both of those conferences. Moving on to the Patriot League. Um, well, so the conference tournament is set according to the Patriot League website. Um, I've – been told some information earlier today that there might be a change to the way they do the tournament now. They had shrunk it to just a semifinals and finals. I'm told they could expand it back to a six-team tournament. 
you know, would the top two teams get the bye? So that would be Lehigh. They locked up that top spot, and Army is the top spot in that North division. Remember, they split in the South and North this year in their divisions. Um, Holy Cross canceled the rest of their season last week. So Boston U, like, their season's done, um, done with, and, and they've got that second spot there in the North. I would assume they get the third um, that the third seed. Um, it's between them and Loyola for the three and four seed. The Patriot League tournament, uh, the Patriot League website, excuse me, still has the old, um, still has the semifinals, the four-team playoff stuff on the website. So nothing official from the Patriot League yet, but I do have some information. I've been told that there could be some changes coming to that, and you know nothing official yet, but just watch for that. Um, possible changes. So that could give a team like Navy. Um, if you're Navy, you would be excited about that because they've been, uh, you know, Navy, Navy, Georgetown, and Ohio State are probably the three teams that have been screwed the most this year. Um, and you could put Rutgers in there as well um, by their conferences' uh, decisions for what they're doing with either postseason or uh, regular season. So, Patriot League could be some changes coming there. But moving to, you know, who's in the top in the lead there, um, it's Lehigh. They've already locked up that top spot. They're 8-0 overall, 7-0 in conference play. They've been the best team this season in the Patriot League. Been very, very impressed with what they've done offensively, defensively. Mike Sisselberger uh, at, at the dot, you know, this is a team that, you know, they, they play a complete game. They play an aggressive game. Um, very fun team to watch. Um, if you have not watched Lehigh yet, I highly recommend you do. They could pull off. You know, I, again, I, I don't know how they would do up against an ACC of a top two Big Ten, but you know, I, I, I wouldn't argue against them possibly pulling an upset in that first round of the tournament. Um, right now I have them as, a, as the number eight seed. Actually, so um, they're sitting up there at the top there. Moving to the NEC, it is St. Joseph's Conference to lose. They have racked up, I believe they've clinched a spot um, in that conference tournament uh, there uh, in the NEC. They started the season, unbelievable run. The Hawks have been on. Uh, a lot like Penn in 2019, um, bit less of competition, but um, still, yes. So St. Joseph's, LIU have clinched NEC tournament boats. But uh, back to St. Joseph's, I mentioned Penn 2019. The reason why I mentioned that, St. Joe's started the season 0-3. They've now won six straight, 6-0 and conference play, 6-3 and overall. So they are sitting there at the top. I uh, believe they have locked up that top seed in the tournament. Um, this weekend, they have a big game against LIU. Okay, I, th- I think that LIU game um, it, it, it is going to be uh, the deciding factor there for the, the top seed there. But at the moment, and I would assume St. Joseph's wins that one, but LIU's looks really good this year. So. 
St. Joseph's sitting at the top there in the NEC. In the SoCon, you know, Richmond's the top dog. We, we knew that heading in the season. Um, they've played everybody just phenomenally well. Um, I, you know, I don't see any way that they don't get the top seed in the SoCon. I, I don't see any way they don't win the SoCon. I, they're just so much better than everybody else. Um, and we saw that this weekend against Jacksonville. They double them up. Um, they've got a one against Mercer on Sunday. Mercer actually plays on Saturday against VMI and then Sunday versus Richmond. So could there possibly be an upset there? I mean, it's it's possible, but, you know, and, and Mercer's a decent team, but, but I, I, I just don't see it happening. Richmond looks like the, you know, I, I, I like, like the, the, those, those very few show things in lacrosse, especially this time of year. I think Richmond winning the SoCon is probably the surest thing um, that, 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 that is the surest thing that you can count on um, happening. So uh, they're, they're playing their best lacrosse right now. And I, you know, I, I've seen them in person just, much better than any other SoCon team. Um, I mentioned though, they I mean, they're seven points better than um, uh, Jacksonville, who was also undefeated coming into the weekend in conference play. Um, so Richmond just continues to win there. So, you know, could something happen to SoCon Tony? Sure, but uh, don't foresee anything happening at this moment. Now, moving on to the at-large selections. Um, so, I think, so really nothing has changed the past week as far as at-large is concerned. The only thing that's really changed is Denver and Georgetown. I flipped them with Georgetown now getting that AQ and Denver getting an at-large. Um, so right now, you know, and, and, and the committee, they, they pick the at-larges based on, you know, RPI ranks, S, you know, strength of schedule, all these kinds of things. This year, the eye test is the most important thing because we do have conference-only play in the Big Ten. We have conference-heavy only play in the MAC as well. We have conference-heavy play. Um, you know, in, in, in the Patriot League with you know, splitting into two divisions and, and playing some teams twice. The ACC played, uh, you know, you played multiple teams twice. So it, it's a very odd year as far as scheduling goes, just like it was in football. So uh, the eye test, excuse me, is going to be a big thing here, um, especially for this at-large selection um, I, I, I think there's a certain, uh, you know, so let, let, let me put this out here first. The, the, there are certain teams that I, you know, you can pretty much guarantee will be in there. They can lose the next two weeks and they'll still be in there. And, and that is Duke, Carolina, Virginia, Notre Dame, are, are, are pretty much the four locks. Like, those are complete locks. Duke, 
Carolina, Virginia, Notre Dame. There's no question all of those teams are going to get in. Now, that's half of the AQs. Those mean the at-larges. What's the other half? At the moment, Army, Syracuse, Rutgers, and Denver. Now, I have Syracuse as my last team in. I think Army, Denver, and Rutgers, unless they implode, you know, I'm pretty confident they're going to get in either as AQs or at-larges. Rutgers isn't getting, you know, could Rutgers beat Maryland? Yeah, I I think they certainly can. Um, They've run with them for three quarters for two games. Um, they just got to finish. I, I think they certainly can. Um, can Army beat Lehigh? Yeah, they certainly can. Um, it was a one-goal game last time they played. Um, they could also beat uh, Loyola. Um, they killed Boston U over the weekend. So, um, no, Denver, what we know, is beating Georgetown. Um, and I said, it's Denver. Georgetown is going to get that AQ. I think you know both of those teams are getting in. No question about it. One's going to get the AQ. One's going to get the at-large at the moment. Looks like Georgetown's going to get that AQ. Denver gets the at-large. Um, as far as Patriot League, Lehigh isn't looking like the AQ. Army's looking like the at-large. Um, same thing with Rutgers and Maryland. Um, so the, the the one team that I'm worried about, and if you're a fan of Syracuse, you already know this, and, and we've talked about this before. Syracuse, like, y'all need to be worried. Like, y'all might not make the tournament. Y'all might not make the tournament. Now, is there a way for Syracuse? No. I, I mean, I, I've seen some people say, and I was talking to someone yesterday, and they said, I wouldn't put Syracuse in. No, I have them in as the last team in. You're coming off a, you know, to be you know, fairly blunt, embarrassing loss. Um, a, 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 a disgraceful loss. I mean, if you're a Syracuse fan, player, alum, coach, I mean, you should be disgusted at what happened on Saturday. I mean, that was pathetic. That was absolutely pathetic. That, that That's the worst Syracuse game I've ever seen. Straight up. Worst Syracuse game I've ever seen. This is the most disappointing team this year. We knew their defense had problems. We knew that going the season. We know those issues at the faceoff dot. But man, to like, and look like, yeah, like they make adjustments. They try. Like, like I'm not saying they don't try um, to make adjustments. I'm not saying these coaches are not trying to win these games. Uh, these players aren't trying to win these games because they are. I mean, you do not go out there to lose. Um, but Syracuse, they got to kick it in high gear. Um, and, and what's helping Syracuse right now? They lost to Army, and they beat Virginia. Both of those teams are looking very, very good at the moment. And have been really since well, Army all year. Virginia, after, because they lost to Q's and Carolina, after that Carolina game, you know, they, they kicked themselves in the behind and they said, look, we got to shape up. And 
this offense, the Virginia offensive resurgence, we've talked about it, has been going. Um, really since after that Carolina game, uh, just coming out party essentially for uh, Carolina goalie Colin Krieg. So, and look, Virginia, they got another shot at Syracuse. Honestly, like, like, like if, if and, and Syracuse has another shot at Notre Dame as well, embarrassing loss there. Um, but look, I mean, they were one goal away from beating Duke. Like how, like you one goal away from beating Duke, and then you get essentially blown out by the Irish and the Tall Heels back to back ACC games. You beat Albany, expected to beat Albany. This, this, I mean, this is a team that they need these two wins. They need to beat Virginia. They need to beat Notre Dame. If they do not do that, they're probably not going to get in. They're probably not going to get in. Only Denver Rutgers, I think they're pretty set. I I, I honestly do. You know, they've passed the eye test at really every every stage this year. Every time they've passed the eye test. And I think even with some of their losses with Rutgers, they've only lost to Maryland. No shame in losing to the number one team in the country. Um. And, and and they've been you know, blasting everyone. Um, with Denver, they lose to Duke. They lose to Carolina on a short week. It was two days after losing to Duke, and then they lose to Georgetown a second time playing them. Like none of those are bad losses. So, uh, you know, I think both of those teams are in. And then Army, you know, I mean, you have that one over Syracuse, which. Again, does it look as good as it did as it did back then? Eh, n- n- not really. But that that's propping Syracuse up a bit, though. Um, you know, you, you lost to Virginia in your opener, and you lost to Lehigh by one. And this is a dang good Army team. So, you know, I, I I think unless again unless those three implode, then Syracuse is. Severely, severely, you know, they are in danger. They're in danger. So those are the last four in. Went a little in-depth on those. Uh, The first four out, I have Loyola, Ohio State, Navy, and Drexel. Not necessarily in that order. Um, That's just alphabetically. Oh, not alphabetically. Uh, That's just... Put it in that order. Um, Loyola, they lost the Navy over the weekend. And, you know, we talked about this a while back. Oh, and by the way, uh, Army plays Navy this weekend. So, that's big one there. Big one there. Um, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But um, just wanted to mention that. So, Loyola, you know, their two losses straight to Army and Navy. Uh, they beat Navy two weeks two weeks ago, though, and clinched that uh, spot in the uh, playoffs. They have a game against Lafayette, which I assume they will win. Uh, although Lafayette gave Lehigh a run for their money um, on Sunday, very impressive young team uh, that, that uh, Coach Myers, uh, Pat Myers, uh, has there in uh, Easton, believes with a. Uh, where they are located. Yeah, Easton, because we has in Bethlehem. Um, and then they, Loyola, look, Georgetown game. I, I think Georgetown can lose that. 
I think they can lose that. Like it certainly won't look it certainly won't look good, but I think Georgetown, I mentioned, I think Denver and Georgetown pretty much have the spots locked. Um but Loyola, if they want any shot at getting in that large, unless they go on a run and get that Patriot League AQ, which the way they're playing right now, I can't see them doing that. But you no know, weird things have happened. Um but th- that Georgetown game is, is it w- with every passing week, that game has become more and more important for this Loyola team. So they have got to win that game. Navy, you know, I don't know. Again, I mentioned the possible changes to the Patriot League tournament. That will that would certainly help Navy and could help Loyola as well if they're able to get some wins there, um, depending on who they get uh, set up against. Um, you know, Navy has been kind of screwed. They were in the, they were put in the South with Lehigh, um, Loyola, and, and Navy's that third team there. And, and Navy they lost to Lehigh, um, and they lost to Loyola, but they just beat Loyola. Uh, they're playing some dang good lacrosse right now. Have been all year. Um, I, I think this weekend, this weekend against Army, um, you know, this is a big game for them. This is a big game for them. Uh, certainly always a big game, Army-Navy, but uh, th- th- this is one that really could set them up for an at-large bid, um, especially if the Patriot League change doesn't happen like I'm told. Again, that's not 100%. That That's just some intel that I received today, um, and, and I was told it, it's not 100% yet, but we might be seeing something there. Um, so if that if that doesn't happen, this Army game is even more important for Navy um, because they're, they're on the outside looking in. They're, right now, they're completely out of the Patriot League tournament as things sit as I record this at 7.53 p.m. on April 19th. They got to beat Army. If they beat Army, they can get that, they can get that at-large bid. Especially if Syracuse loses out, and you have Navy beat Army, and then go and I would I would expect them to beat Lafayette, and if Loyola doesn't beat Georgetown, there's a good chance Navy could sneak in there and get that at large bid. Drexel, you know they you know they are like there's a couple teams. That are like in the like 15, 18 ish range. Drexel, Towson, uh, like mid 20s. You have Vermont, Albany, UMBC. Uh, UMass is 28 um, of the RPI. They're only going to get in if they win the conference, it just in all honesty. I, I've had some people ask me about, well, you think Villanova could? No. I don't think so. Um, especially this year with how the schedules have worked out. A lot of these teams, especially in the American East and the CAA, I think the, the only the only instance in which they get two teams in is if, like, mayhem breaks loose in some of these other conferences. Um, like, if Loyola, Syracuse, and Navy, I, I think you would put in 
those are kind of the three, and then Ohio State, all kind Loyola, Syracuse, Ohio State, Navy. Those four, I think, are like the you know, Syracuse is obviously on the other side of the bubble, but those are kind of your bubble teams at the moment. If that bubble bursts and none of those teams get in, a second CAA or a second America East team could sneak in as an at-large. But I, you know, I, I think that is very, very highly unlikely that that would happen. It's very highly unlikely. And you know, before we get into the bracket, which I'm going to go through right here, bids per conference, ACC right now, I have five. That could be four. Just depends on what Syracuse does. Big East, I have two. Big Ten, I have two. Patriot, I have two. Everybody else, I have one. That's the America East, CAA, MAC, NEC, SOCON, all have one. As I mentioned, America East, CAA. Unless, you know, chaos breaks loose and the bubble burst, whatever you, you, whatever you want to say, and unless something happens where none of those bubble teams get in, they're only getting one. They're only getting one. So here's my bracket um, as, you know, sitting here on Monday, April 19th. If the season were to end today, here's what I have set for the um, tournament. And remember, this the first round is going to be her, is going to be held at uh, I think it's two or four uh, predetermined sites. So it's going to be held at predetermined sites. So location doesn't necessarily matter. Um, you know, if, if we do get those predetermined sites, um, you know, before next week, um, certainly next week's. Um, bracket will reflect some of that geography of where those games will be held. Uh, but at the moment, I, I just threw geography out the window and just put what I think would happen. So um, I'm going to go from top down. So at, at the first first game here, we have number one, Maryland, uh, oh, uh, the Big Ten at uh, AQ, playing Monmouth, the MAC AQ. Uh, that is a change from last week. I had Duke as number one. I have now dropped Duke to number two and Maryland at number one. I, I think those are, you know, uh, unless something changes, um, I, I think those are the two teams. Um, you know, unless Notre Dame beats Duke again, um, and then I can't remember who Duke plays last game of the season, but uh, unless Duke loses the last two games, I – or, or Maryland, um, you know, I, I, I think it's it, it, it's going to be uh, Maryland, Duke, 1-2. You know, it, and, and, and you, know, you could honestly flip flip-flop them all day. They're the best two teams in the country um, and, and have been all season. So um, either of those two are going to get it. But right now I have Maryland at number one, and I have them playing Monmouth out of the MAC. At number eight, I have Lehigh. Out of the Patriot League, that AQ uh, playing Syracuse as the last team in the tournament. Number five, Virginia. I have them playing Delaware, the CAA uh, AQ. That would be actually um, some historical context here. That would be a good one. Um, If you remember in 2007, 
Virginia's coming off a national title. They played Delaware in the first round. Delaware, freshman Curtis Dixon, upsets Virginia in Klockner. Um, and then UMBC upset somebody as well. Um, I can't remember exactly who it was, but they upset somebody as well. And like those two teams played each other in the quarterfinals. And uh, that's the year Delaware went to, uh, did they go to championship weekend that year? Or did they just make it to the quarterfinals? I know they upset Virginia. I don't have the bracket pulled up here, but but that would be a, a uh, exciting one there. Um, just that historical matchup. And with Virginia being the defending champions, obviously. Um, so just, I, I didn't even think of that when I was making this, but you know, thinking of that now, that would be, that would be pretty funny to see that again. Um, moving on here, number four, North Carolina, playing Stony Brook out of the American East. And then I have number three, Notre Dame, playing St. Joseph's out of the NEC. I have Rutgers as the sixth seed, and I have them playing Army. Oh, excuse me, no. I have Rutgers as the sixth seed, and I have them playing Denver. And I have Georgetown playing Army um, as the seventh seed. So, um, you know, I don't think they would put Georgetown Denver part three in the um, in the first round. But who knows? They uh. What do we get? Um, Penn, Yale, part three, quarterfinals a few years ago. So maybe we get Georgetown, Denver. Well, I'm assuming it would be part four because they would play in the uh, conference title game as well. Um, so Georgetown and Army for seven versus Army as you know one of those at-large bids. And then I have number two, Duke, playing Richmond out of the Silicon as that bottom game on the schedule there. So um, just to run through it again, uh, top to bottom, we have number one, Maryland, playing Monmouth. Number eight, Lehigh, playing Syracuse. Those two winners would play each other in the quarterfinals. Then we have number five, Virginia, versus Delaware. Number four, North Carolina, versus Stony Brook. Those two winners would play each other in the quarterfinals. Then we have number three, Notre Dame, versus St. Joseph's. Number six, Rutgers versus Denver. Those two would play each other in the quarterfinals, the winner of those two games. And then the last uh, quarterfinal um, determining games here, number seven, Georgetown versus Army. And number two, Duke versus Richmond. So those two winners would play each other in the quarterfinals. as always, thank you all for listening in. Uh, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, multiple other platforms. Um, again, lacrossebucket.com is the website. I have the bracket on the article, so I, I know reading through it, it you know, and you can't see it visually, is, it, it can be confusing um, at, at times. So it is on the article. Um, there you can pull that up while you're listening to that, uh, listening to this. Uh, lacrossebucket.com is where that is. Social media at lacrossebucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. My personal at Tanner underscore Dimling. As always, again, thank you all for listening. 
and enjoy the lacrosse this week. We will be back with a full weekend preview on Thursday.